the greatest energy seems to be in the communities that benefit the least from the current system. So that could be, you know, in certain parts of the world, the fire that's coming up from young entrepreneurs, say in South Asia or in Africa and things like that. So that's a piece, but also like within say in the US, rural areas, areas and parts of the country that have really suffered from a lot of the recent changes that have happened. I'm seeing a huge amount of energy and movement in those areas. So that's really exciting, right? You're seeing a lot of innovation happening in indigenous communities and places that just really are not benefiting from the current system. Well, hello everyone. Happy 2023. Welcome to the Social Enterprise Alliance podcast, and we hope that everybody is having a great start to the new year. We're so happy to share this interview today with you from Amanda Keisel of Good Market. Amanda is such a force for good in the social enterprise movement and a wealth of knowledge. So to be able to interview her and share this with you is just going to be so much fun. Dr. Amanda Keisel is the co-creator of Good Market, a digital commons for social enterprises, cooperatives, responsible businesses, civic organizations, networks, and change makers working to create a 21st century economy that's good for people and good for the planet. It currently includes more than 2,500 enterprises across 90 countries. Amanda spent the past 20 years in Asia working with local organizations on agroecology and sustainable food systems, organizational development, and social enterprise. She has a PhD in environmental studies, a master's in sustainable international development, and a degree in biology with a specialty in ecotoxicology. Amanda is an Ashoka Fellow and Catalyst 2030 member and serves on the board of the Social Enterprise World Forum and by Social USA. Welcome, Amanda. Well, welcome, Amanda. It's so wonderful to have you here on the podcast. So grateful to be here with both of you. This is fantastic. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I got to know you through SEA and some connections at the board, but you know, you've been a champion of the sector of social enterprise for such a long time. So to be able to bring you into our network and really share your story and where you're headed now and how our members can join your efforts too is just going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yes, so are we, so are we. So, you know, in your bio, you have such an awesome set of skills and interests, um, just spanning all kinds of sustainable and uh, social impact topics. So I guess to get started, we'd love to hear a little bit more about your background, how you ended up in this space, um, and what brought you to Good Market. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I was going to jump right in and talk about the work that everyone else is doing, but I'd be happy. <laughs> I'd be happy. I'd be happy to share a little bit. Yeah. So I, um, I'm actually I'm from Northern Michigan, very deep roots in that area, and so I grew up surrounded by. And I think this is true of a lot of places still in the U.S. where there's a lot of independent businesses, a lot of local farms. There was a a natural food co-op in my area that. Um, that started in the 1970s, so inspired by all of those things from very early on. So for about the last 25 years, 20 years I've been based out of Asia, and I have been seeing that pattern all over the world, right? That we have all of these groups that are working in a different way and trying to make things better and working for people and planet. So this sense that there is this bigger movement that's happening, Right. Where if you look, our main economic story at the moment is the purpose of business, the purpose of economy. What we're all supposed to be doing is maximizing profits and accumulating wealth and all of this. There's just this incredible movement of individuals and organizations that are just choosing to work in a different way. You know, they're, they're choosing to put people and planet first. And I think one of the things that's exciting about that is that it is really across all parts of the world and all sectors. There's just so many different entry points to how people are doing that or how they're choosing to be involved. It could even just be choosing to be a caregiver and raise your children in a particular way rather than trying to maximize the incomes of your family. So there's just there's so many ways that people are choosing to be involved in this. And I think partly because I had the opportunity, I was working with a lot of social enterprises and in different parts of the world, you start to see kind of the big picture view of the space that's coming up. And the idea with Good Market is to make that movement more visible and to make it easier for all of us to find and connect so that we can speed up the transition to a new way of working, to a new way of doing business, to a new system. Um, so that's kind of the underlying idea with that. And a big reason that there's kind of a need for that is we hear so much negative news. <laughs> and I think one of the challenges is this movement is still not fully visible because in a way it's, it's emerged and it's fragmented, right? You have people that are in different sectors. They maybe have different types of registration. They have different certifications. They're in different spaces. Maybe you're working on ethical fashion or you're doing something in regenerative agriculture. But at the core, we're all part of the same movement that's trying to shift to an economy that puts people and planet first. So a big piece of it then is to be able to see across that. And I think one of the things that's exciting, for example, with SEA is that it's helping to bring together that movement in the States. Because in the U.S., we've seen, you know, there's people who have come up in cooperatives or they've come up through mutual aid or their community business. And then they realize, oh, actually, I'm a social enterprise or, or things like that. So I, I think recognizing that we're all part of this big movement and then making it easier to find and connect and exchange with each other. So that's kind of the backstory and how I got involved in it. You know, one of the things that you said, I think, really struck out to me is that you identified caregivers in the home and equated it to economy too, right? Yeah. That we aren't just maximizing profits wherever we can. I've never heard it quite said through that lens, but at the same time, I'm a dad of a three and five-year-old boy, you know, just trying to think of our our home and our finances and how that works. And does two people working 40 hours a week make sense? Maybe yeah. not, you know, is the answer. So I love how you frame that. And it seems like you've done a good job of identifying 
all of these ways that people can be having some kind of impact, even outside of maybe the more common definitions of what social impact are in terms of like, here's a clear initiative. Does that extend into the marketplace of good market? Yeah, there's there are a lot of groups on good market. Being legally registered is not a requirement. Having um, some kind of traditional revenue is also not a requirement. So there are groups on there that are voluntary organizations in a community that are working together and trying to solve a social and environmental problem. There are groups playing around with gift economy and barter and you know mutual aid type things. So yeah, in that sense, yes, it definitely extends to that, right? Um, but the groups that are on there are all groups that are choosing to put people and planet first. That's the core, and they're meeting certain minimum standards that the whole communities agreed to. That's awesome. Um, one of the things that we were kind of wondering about as we, you know, were looking into good market is what is that vetting process that you have for people looking to join the platform? Yeah. Um, so this comes back to, because I had more of a background in certification and was very familiar with lots of different sustainability or social certifications. And one of the things we were seeing is those certifications play a really valuable role and are really necessary in certain contexts, but they're out of reach for a lot of initiatives, right? If you are in a really marginalized area or you're just serving your local community or you're a startup and you don't have a lot of resources, you might be completely working towards these values, but you're not able to afford a certification or it doesn't make sense in your context. So a really core basic thing, and this is kind of at heart of what Good Market's all about, is to be able to have a free curation process. Because the goal is to make the movement visible, right? So that means everybody. <laughs> so there, um, there are minimum sector standards, depending on which area you're working with. There's a free online form. Um, you see different questions depending on which sector you're in. And this is something that's set up as a common, so everybody owns it. It's something that we can continue to improve over time. But the main thing is to share your purpose and story and go through the form. And then when groups are approved, they have a public profile, and it's fully transparent. You can see exactly what it is that they claimed. And then I think, you know, one of the things that's made it work so well is there's a crowdsourced monitoring system. And this is something we tested years before we actually had something online. And, and that ends up, it's been a lot of fun. It's if somebody sees something that they know is a false claim, they're able to flag it. And that starts a review process. We've had some really interesting examples of that over the years. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but, but that's kind of the core of it is that there's a free curation system and there's a crowdsource monitoring system. And so that builds a certain amount of trust with the groups that are on there because they know everyone's gone through that process. And I don't know if we want to jump into this now, but I think it's worth mentioning that the whole site's designed to support existing networks and community groups. So both like local groups or around a particular topic or some kind of, you know, community of practice and community of place. And so what that means is a lot of those groups actually have higher standards than this core kind of the minimum standards. So they're able to use it to say, here's our network. They don't just meet the minimum, they meet a higher set of standards. So that's been a lot of fun as well. It's like, this is the minimum we've all agreed on. But then say if somebody is part of the social enterprise community, there might be additional standards that they're meeting. Or if they're part of certain organic communities, for example, there's there's higher standards. That makes sense. Yeah. And that's really cool. I love how 
you know, the vetting process kind of allows for this inclusivity and this this building of community because like you mentioned earlier, and we run into this all the time with our network, you know, there are so many organizations and businesses and individuals out there that don't realize that they're doing the work of social enterprise and social impact. So it's amazing to kind of have this entry point for them that is accessible and easy to understand for the work that they're doing. Um, so kind of going off of that too, you know, we're talking about how there is this community and a lot of them feel isolated because they don't know yet that they're a part of a yeah. bigger and even global movement. Speaking to those people, what would you say is the importance of getting connected, collaborating with a movement like this? And how does one even do that? And how do platforms like Good Market make that possible? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. I think part of the reason that it's so valuable to kind of start communicating about this, right? So maybe this is actually how you've been trying to work, do your own work, right? But part of the reason it's valuable for communicating about this is that's what helps us shift the story. So if we're trying to make a big transition and we're all doing our little bits, we're all working on issues in our community or a problem that we care about, the more we communicate about that, and say, this is what we're doing, and this is how it's different, and this is how we're putting people in planet first, that starts to shift the story about what the purpose of business is, about how we want to live in the world, what, what are we working towards, what is it we want to create together. So that's probably one of the main reasons we encourage people to kind of make the work that they're doing visible, because like I said, it helps shift the story. So in terms of if Good Market, it's intended to be um, kind of a, a bigger tent, right? We have groups on there that maybe are coming from a not-for-profit model and they're trying to transition and have more financial sustainability. We have groups that maybe are a business and they're trying to improve their social impact or we'll have voluntary organizations that aren't even registered and we want them to also be visible. So... From a big tent perspective, you know, it usually takes about 30 minutes for groups to be able to fill the online form. But then from there, a huge piece of it is helping people connect with other networks that are out there that might be a good fit for them. So for example, it then becomes a pipeline for something like SEA. So say if somebody gets involved, it's like, hey, do you know <laughs> that there's a social enterprise alliance yeah. that you can be a part of, right? Or it might be something in their local community or in the sector that they're working in or around a problem they're trying to solve, right? So a big piece of it is that. It's like, this is just kind of a, a baby first step entry point. And then here are all these amazing initiatives happening that there's an opportunity to connect up with. That's awesome. I love that too, because I think that that's the bottom line is that this sector needs a megaphone, you know, and, and the more that we align and the more that we all come together, the more impact that we can have. Yeah. Um, I always kind of like lean into this analogy, even with the work of SEA, that it's like, there's all these amazing groups and there's all of us that are out here doing this hard work, but without alignment or without knowing each other, it's like, we're all playing the same song but we don't have like a drum or a sheet music. So to me, when I hear about the power of collaboration and, and what you're trying to do with Good Market is to essentially be that drummer, right? To start to pull us all together and align. And now instead of just all these musicians playing randomly in our own backyard, we're all playing together and it starts to sound like a song instead of a bunch of noise. So I just really love kind of that thread that you found yourself in with Good Market. Have you seen an example 
where like a group or a sector within good market has really come together in a collaborative way to like take a significant step forward for that sector? Oh, I mean, there, there's a lot of things, but I think I've mentioned this to both of you before. I mean, good markets infrastructure, right? It's just to provide something so that we don't all have to build the same software over and over again. But really what it's doing is serving these kinds of initiatives. So when an initiative does something amazing, it's not like good market gets credit for that. It's just infrastructure behind trying to support this kind of work. But there's no question that we're seeing more and more collaboration around particular issues, right? So so for example, there's a big group that's come together that they all have physical products um, and many of them are coming from you know, Asia, Africa, Latin America, and they're all facing shared challenges, right? So they've come together and found ways where they're, they're really working together on how do we address these challenges. So things around like collective logistics, and which has implications for both cost, but also for environmental impact. So there's, there's just so many examples like that. But in all of these cases, it's the enterprises and the networks that are doing the work. And we're just the underlying infrastructure to try and support it. But in terms of um, collaboration, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, certainly there's patterns in terms of where the collaboration can be the strongest and have the biggest impact. There's definitely things around the sharing information, collective learning thing. I think SEA is doing a great job of supporting this so that we don't all have to make exactly the same mistakes, right? We're able to learn from each other's experiences. We're able to for example, if you're trying to shift to zero waste and you're looking for packaging and you can talk to somebody else in the community and say, hey, where did you find this? Things like that. Um, so there's that whole piece. I think there's also just the piece of not feeling alone, right? Because this isn't yeah. easy, right? This is all really challenging work. So then knowing you're part of something bigger, knowing you're not the only one, you're not the only crazy person. There's all these other people <laughs> working in this direction. That's huge. Uh, another piece that I'm just so excited about is more and more groups in this space, really preferentially sourcing from others. So thinking about your own purchasing decisions, you know, making sure that if you're getting a service or you're getting some kind of a raw material or whatever it is, even your, your cleaning supplies for your office, that you're sourcing from other social enterprises and groups that put people in planet first. And that's how we start actually building this up as a new economy. That's how we strengthen things and move it forward. And then the last piece, um, which is just so critical, this is the only way we change things at a system level is by yeah. all of us collaborating, right? So there's the piece I already mentioned about shifting the story, shifting the narrative about what is the economy? What's the purpose of business? How do we make decisions, right? All of that. But there's also changing the, the rules at a system level. And that can be things like changing policies, local policies or government policies, working with corporations to change their purchasing practices, all the work around social procurement and all of that, that's so much easier if we're all working together. If, if you're a single enterprise trying to shift this, th this is too big for any one network or any one organization or person to do, right? So the only way we're going to really shift things is by a, you know, starting to be able to come together around these kinds of things. So awesome. Well, it's so cool that you are uh, empowering this impact and this collaboration in so many ways through Good Market. You know, and it's really just great what you said about like, this is the infrastructure piece to help be the support and the foundation for that systems change and for that collaboration. Um, I know you've talked about a little bit about Good Market being a 
digital commons. What exactly does that mean? And um, why did you decide to operate that way instead of for say like a nonprofit social enterprise? Yeah. Maybe I'll do the why piece first and then Absolutely, say what yeah. a digital commons is. Yeah. Um, I've had the opportunity to see a lot of um, challenges that can come from different ways of getting finance. Um, that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> um, we were in Sri Lanka during the tsunami and the war when there was a huge amount of aid money. And so saw a lot of projects that were developed using donor funding and aid funding. And just over and over seeing the case where something that's built with that kind of funding, when the project ends, the work ends, right? So had seen a lot of challenges around that kind of dependency. On the other side, because we've been working with so many different organizations, we'd seen groups that had take, had a purpose, took on investment without really knowing what the long-term implication of that was, and then being put in a position where they had to move away and have mission drift from their purpose. We have many, many examples of that in the U.S. with our first-generation natural and organic food enterprises that were completely purpose-driven, took on capital that pushed them towards having to either do an exit or get acquired. So this thing about enterprise design being really critical for what you're able to achieve in the future, we've just seen so many examples of when you're starting an initiative, why that's something that you have to pay attention to. And for anyone that's interested, um, Donut Economics has been putting together resources around different ways of thinking about enterprise design that might be useful. So cool. Yeah. Wow. So that's kind of the background of like why this became important. And I think the reason that um, it kind of moved towards a commons, so a commons is about having a shared resource at the center that people are managing together and using together. So the difference between a cooperative, the members are at the center, right? And in this, it's the resource. So the resource here is the curation process and the software. That belongs to everybody that's using it. That's the shared resource at the center. And then it's about having governance processes and things that we can make sure that we sustain that resource and keep it focused on its core purpose. That's the reason that it's set up like that, is it belongs to everybody that's been part of it because everyone's putting their information in and they're, they're contributing to it. Many of the networks have helped build out different parts of the software. So if one network contributes, all the networks benefit. So then it becomes important that we're kind of all protecting this together. So there isn't a legal structure for a commons. So we are registered under a not-for-profit structure to be able to maintain it. And we operate as a social enterprise. So in that sense, we're both. We're a not-for-profit social enterprise, but we operate as a digital commons. And I think particularly in the tech space, this becomes really, really important because many of the other tools and platforms that we use are currently under profit-maximizing businesses. And I think many of those, the founders just have these incredible intentions when they start, but because of the capital that they've taken on, they're put into situations where they have to prioritize giving money to their investors. By doing it in a way that we kind of lock in the purpose, it's, it's hard. It is really hard to get all the initial resources to get things set up. It's much more challenging. You all know this about how much harder it is to start a social enterprise and get financing for it. But if you can get there, if you can figure it out, there's so much freedom that comes with it, right? Because then you're in a position to take decisions about what's actually best for the purpose and for the movement and for the whole community that's using it without being put into situations where it's about what's going to be best for the investors and for extracting profits. 
Yeah. I mean, it's like open source, you know, software, essentially. There's a, there's a slight difference because with the open source movement, the situation is that you're, you're anybody can basically fork off of it and use what you've built. And in this case, what we're doing together is we're protecting this for our movement of groups that are working prioritizing people and planet because there's a lot of cases where profit maximizing businesses are taking open source uh, software and using this right so this wow. is this is actually not fully open source right this is something that's protected yeah that's cool <laughs> for the use for this purpose for this community i mean i'm really glad that, <laughs> that you clarified that too because that does make a lot of sense this is too important there's an element of the open source spirit behind it absolutely but it's too yeah. important to just say you know, go do yeah. what, whatever. So that's amazing. Yeah. Well, one of the things I really love about the background, your global perspective, all the things, I think from your vantage point, you may be able to share more so than others. Like when you close your eyes, where are you seeing this movement in five years? I think that perspective of the huge collective, you might have a viewpoint that others might not have. So I'm curious to know how you see things from now. Yeah. There's two things that I'm finding particularly exciting about how it feels like things are emerging. And one of them is the greatest energy seems to be in the communities that benefit the least from the current system. So that could be, you know, in certain parts of the world, the fire that's coming up from young entrepreneurs, say in South Asia or in Africa and things like that. So that's a piece, but also like, Within, say, in the U.S., rural areas, areas and parts of the country that have really suffered from a lot of the recent changes that have happened, I'm seeing a huge amount of energy and movement in those areas. So that's really exciting, right? You're seeing a lot of innovation happening in indigenous communities and places that just really are not benefiting from the current system. Um, the other thing I'm seeing is a lot of pull has come from individuals trying to make better purchasing decisions. So you see a big kind of steep peak in terms of consumer-facing enterprises doing this work early, right? So people that are doing food or clothing or things around ethical travel. So there's, in terms of the whole ecosystem, right, the sectors that are consumer-facing, they're getting a big pull from consumers wanting this. We're seeing a big amount happening there. Those groups then start looking for social enterprises or purpose-driven enterprises that they can partner with. Obviously, there's like the consultants and all of the service providers that support social enterprises. But I'm seeing more and more groups that are focused on supplying raw materials, supplying equipment, you know, doing, doing the logistic services, doing the B2B types of services that we need to really be a full ecosystem. Because there's certain areas still where there is there are more gaps, right? There are, there are certain areas where there are lots of enterprises working and there's other areas where there's more gaps. So I think one of the things that's fun is that as this ecosystem is emerging and we all prioritize groups that prioritize people and planet, right? We create a pull for a whole nother wave of new um, social enterprises. So th those are two of the things that I'm seeing that I'm really yeah, excited about. Yeah, that's super cool. <laughs> well, amazing work. And uh, like you said, it's a difficult task we all feel like we're moving, trying to move a mountain, but at the same time, it feels like the mountain is shifting. So I just really appreciate all the energy that you and everyone at Good Market has been putting into this and pouring their blood, sweat and tears and, and just testing everything and coming up with ways to making sure that you're protecting this digital common space. 
for our listeners, for members of SEA, how do we get plugged in? So you said it's just like a 30-minute process. It's simply going to good market. Like, tell us that process so we can add more people to this collective. Yeah, especially for SEA members. Um, so Social Enterprise Alliance has a network page on the site, and you can see all the current members are part of that, that page. So it's goodmarket.global. There's a page that has info that has a lot more detail, and then there's a apply page, right? And so usually it takes people about 30 minutes to submit the form. It doesn't cost anything. And then you end up having a public profile on the, the site, and you can be part of different networks or access different internet initiatives. So there are now a lot of groups that they actually are using this as a curation tool. So for example, if you want to access a certain verification or you want to be part of some e-commerce platforms or things like that, it's this one form and then you can access all of these different things. So particularly a shout out for SEA members because it would be great to have everyone in the Social Enterprise Alliance page. And I think there'll be a lot more things coming up, opportunities related to that in the future. So awesome and so exciting. <laughs> uh, well, we will definitely include the link to that in the show notes. So if you're listening and you're interested, check that out. Super. Thank you so much. Well, Amanda, again, just such a pleasure. Always good to see you and in general, be uplifted by your spirit and just the work and um, to rub shoulders with other champions in the sector is just super fun. So uh, this has been a blast. Yeah. Yeah, such a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for joining us and spending this time. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much.